Welcome to Over the Bar, a podcast about U.S. soccer. You could not write a script like this. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? DK! Weston McKinney puts the U.S. back on level terms. We're your hosts, Sumer Shamla, Noah Barnes, Nick Mansky. Boys, get your beers. Over the bar. Over the bar. Over the bar. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Over the Bar podcast. As always, we are here to talk some shop about the U.S. labs. Be that, you know, in MLS, be that in Europe, be that for the national team. We're here to talk it all. My name is Noah Barnes. As usual, I am your co-host here, and I have with me only one of my one of my beautiful co-hosts here today, Sumesh Amlal. How are we doing, man? It is a great day to be a Nat, as always. But how how are you doing specifically, my brother? I, I, I myself am doing well. Uh, I personally feel as if Nick jinxed last week, going, "Oh, we got a we got a hot streak here, hot streak here, three people in a row," you know, and jinxed it, and then he couldn't make it. I'm missing Nick today, um, but otherwise. Preseason's looking strong. There's so much to talk about, I feel like. There's still so many moves. There's so much happening. Everyone's back. You know, this is – everyone's happy right now. There's a lot of things happy. Even if, even if you're a little bit upset, you know, there's still like a, oh, but, you know, he's there and something, you know. There's hope. It's not until you get into the season and things don't actually happen and, player, and things – players get injured and whatnot that you get sad, like officially. So I'm very happy right now, looking forward to the European season, and still carrying strong with – the MLS season strong, you know, we're about what more, a little bit more than halfway through. So there's still, still a lot to talk about. We're, we're 16 weeks out of the world cup. I'm getting excited. You know, there's a lot happening right now. I like that. No, I, I think that's the theme of today's podcast. And it's kind of, it's that time of the time of the year, like you said, where, you know, everybody is just, just excited, whether that, that's a little anxiety, you know, whether it's a little anxiousness for the season to start. I know both from a U.S. perspective and from a club perspective, I just cannot wait for this European season to get going. I'm enjoying MLS while it's lasting, but, but, you know, I need my, I need my fix of more reds or more, more, more reds and more Nats, more, uh, more Yanks at top level. I, I need that, you know, kind of ASAP. So I think that's the theme of this podcast is, is excitement. Now we're going to talk about, uh, talk about some players we're excited for some U S boys we're excited for in Europe and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I will turn to you first and, and ask you a little bit about this weekend's MLS action. Um, I was unfortunately pretty wrapped up with, with work this entire weekend, but so I didn't get to catch much MLS action. But any storylines or, or, or beats or anything you wanted to mention? Yeah, to, this weekend was a tough weekend in terms of watching for myself as, you know, being on vacation in Chicago this weekend. Would have loved to have seen a Chicago game, but of course they weren't playing at home. Um, but I was able to still catch up on some things. You know, first off, I don't know if you were able to see the New York Red Bulls against Austin game where New York won 4-3. But I just wanted to highlight the Red Bulls went pretty young that game. You know, Daniel Edelman started. Caden Clark was back starting. Um, Serge Gnoma, I believe he is eligible for the U.S. They're right wing. I might have butchered his last name. Got injured but scored and played well. He's like 17, I think, now. Two goals and seven starts. Um, obviously, just an interesting team. John Tolkien as well. And then you also give out Aaron Long. Just thought that. That was a very U.S. You know, eligible and playing team potentially. Uh, it was exciting to watch them, you know, 
play this weekend and win 4-3 against Austin. Uh, another thing I wanted to say, Jack McGlynn, we've been talking a lot about him, you know, with the USC 20, second straight start for the Union, get another win there, one nothing. Um, your guy, though, Aiden Morris, going strong again for Columbus. They did tie nil-nil, but uh, against, who was, was, was it the Reds? Was it you guys? Yeah. I think it was. <laughs> I think so. I think it was, and that's the only reason I caught that one. Yeah, no, Aiden Morris, another great game for him. I mean, I think that makes – I think he's unbeaten in the last like nine Columbus, I think are unbeaten in the last nine. And, and it's since he started, I'm fairly certain he can fact check me on that one, but at least at, at some point he had a, a decent little unbeaten run with, with, uh, with Columbus, but yeah, no, he looks a real player. He is kind of somebody who fell off everybody's radar after that. It was an ACL injury, correct? Yeah. Uh, after that injury, he, every, he kind of fell off everybody's radar, but, but look, I mean, he's a young kid. He's, he's, I think eligible for the Olympics. Absolutely. And could be somebody who who to watch out for over the remaining half of the season. It seems like, you know, the Columbus staff are really putting a lot of trust in him. Could be an interesting one. And and I'm glad you mentioned Jack McGlynn too, because it seems like Jack McGlynn is somebody who's kind of growing into, we, we were all kind of waiting to see which of the, which of the like kind of the three man Philly boys would, would grow into Jim Curtin's system uh, sooner rather than later. And, and it really seems like McGlynn is taking on that role and, and really stepping up the first team minutes more so than anybody else, which is great to see from his perspective. And, 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 you know, I think Jack McGlynn could be a real player for us in the future too. Yeah, no, no, no shade to Jack McGlynn, uh, but also, you know, it's tough. I feel like it's tough for Paxton with Daniel Gazdog there, um, you know, such a strong player. And then Brandon Craig with, with two studs in the center back position have been amazing for the last two years. Hard, really hard for those guys to break through. I think they could on, you know, other teams for sure. But uh, to your point about Aiden, yeah, it's been a few strong games here. Nice to see him back from the ACL that got him last year uh, and to see him strong again. Another guy, you know, ACL injury, I just will say it. Jordan Morris had a goal this weekend. Don't know if you saw that. Um, scored for Seattle against Colorado. He chipped the keeper. It's kind of nice. Hey, um, regardless of what I, what I, you know, may think about Jordan Morris for the national team, I'm, I'm excited to see any, any guy scoring in our own domestic league. Look, we, we have, have so much, like, high expectations for MLS and, and what MLS could be. And I think there's a whole other podcast uh, today or a whole other podcast on some other day talking about, you know, MLS specific and, and, and some more MLS centric things. But look, in order for the lead to grow, I think a, a key characteristic has to be our own domestic guys, regardless of how well they perform for the national team succeeding there. And, and I'm never going to razz, you know, Jordan Morris or Christian Roldan, Paul Ariola for, for performing well in MLS. I, I think it's a great level for them and I think they should be doing it. And, and that's, you know, so goal for Jordan Morris, happy for him. That's awesome for him to get on the score sheet and Hey, who knows, maybe it translates, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Spot on. Um, another one I just wanted to mention, just a few more. Pommy Call and Ferreira linking up for a goal for FC Dallas. I believe they did draw 1-1 or did they win one nothing? They only scored one goal, you know, but um, but saw this goal. And decent also chip from Ferreira. Just like to see them playing well, those two guys. Ferreira is one goal off the league lead right now, which is just, you know, awesome to see. Crazy to think about. People make questions certain aspects of his game and whatnot, and is he the striker? But the guy is, you know, every week feels like getting another goal. So it's really impressive to see, just you know, that continuing. Um, another thing, Michael Bradley's back. Did you catch that? Whew. Two goals this weekend. You had to have seen that. Come on. Tell me you saw I did. I did. I did see that. It's crazy, though. What I think was more crazy about that Toronto storyline is, you know, the second Bernadeschi and 
Insignia come into that team? Why did why did Toronto all of a sudden look like a brand new team? All right, and we all knew it was going to happen. Was gonna, yeah, we knew it was going to happen. It was gonna, still crazy. Mark Anthony K comes in. You know, Bob Bradley whips out his magic wand, and bah, this place is going insane. BMO Field. It is. Love. It is something else. I will say. That just shows you kind of how crazy MLS is, too. That, like, you know, realistically, Toronto's only 13 points off a playoff spot. So. No, not even 13. Aren't they six? I'm pretty sure it's, they have 22, and, the, and and Cincinnati or whatever has, like, 28. Are they really that that close? Yes, it bro. Be, it must be a while <laughs> since I looked at the table. That's not – yes, bro. I looked at it today. Like, they're literally, I'm pretty sure, six points off. And – well, we've been razzing on them all year, saying this is not a good team. This is a team that's dead. There's no spark, no inspiration. In. And there we go, you know. But any other uh, any other MLS storylines you want to talk about or anything like that? Last one was the two transfers, obviously. Shaq yes. Moore going to Nashville and um, Nicholas Giochini going to Orlando City. Interesting move he, moves here. Obviously, Shaq would have loved to have stayed maybe and gone up to La Liga, you know, with the promotion. But I think Nashville is still a really good team. And, um, you know, people will now be able to maybe appreciate mo, uh, him a little bit more and seeing what he can do here, you know. But, uh, it's, you know, just a good move for Nashville. And then Giochini um, coming here to prove himself. I think it's he's, he's at that age and he's the type of player that he could easily come here, ball out for two years and go back. If he's able I to do love it. that move. I, if he, I absolutely if, adore it. If they want to do it, then 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 I think he's the total player that could. It's um, a win-win for me. It's a win-win for 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 Orlando. It's a win-win for for Nico. Mm-hmm. Win-win for the U.S. You know, it, it all these things. It's phenomenal. I was uh, I was listening to the Tactical Yanks podcast today, um, and actually Pete Douthat touched on this a little bit, and I have to echo everything he said, and I'll give him full credit for it, but also say like I completely agree with the whole thing. That look, Giacchini is just turned twenty-two. He is still, like you said, at that age where he can come here, jumpstart his career, fall out, and get another shot in Europe. Right? He's not 29. He's not coming here in the, in the you know the tail end of his career. No, he's coming here to 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 potentially restart his career. Or if it doesn't work, if he's not a great player in MLS and it's just a, a decent average player, he's going to have a long career in MLS at the very least, right? And and he's going to be be getting paid to play soccer. And and I think that's that's perfect. For Giacchini, he's a player that I think, you know, right now could could really have something to prove. I mean, none of our nines have taken that reign, that spot, and really grasped for grasped it for their own. So, to rule out any guy right now, I I, I wouldn't say we could. So, any striker playing and scoring, and if that's what Nico ends up doing, I love it. I will say, I just uh, I'm hopeful, and I think it's already becoming this, and I it might even already be this to some, um, but. This move to the MLS, it's not so much as, as it used to be a total downgrade. It's, could, you know, could we compare it to just moving to another league in Europe? You know, and moving from Bundesliga, you're not doing too well. Maybe you move to Eredivisie, you know, build yourself back up. Maybe you move to the Danish league or all these other leagues. Not the Danish league, but just, you know, and then build yourself back up. It's just, it's comparable is what I hope that it becomes. And maybe it already is. And that's what I see this move as, you know, coming to a league that's comparable, potentially showing your skills and then going back. That's what I hope this league becomes fully. It's just that like, we're, we're at such a similar level. We might not be Bundesliga, but we might be Eredivisie. And- I think it's, it's exactly the same as potentially like somebody or Malik Tillman going to the Scottish league or something like yes. that. Like it, it, it's yes, but it's a little bit, the only 
reason that's a little bit different in this case is is because Nico's had that top five experience. And I think this is a great place for him to come potentially jumpstart his career. And MLS can totally be that. MLS can absolutely be a place where people jumpstart their careers. Again, young players can jumpstart their careers. And, 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 you know, MLS, I think, could absolutely be a building block like that in the future, as well as player development, which MLS is already getting better at, Um, whether that's U.S. player development, which is to a certain degree, but... In general, South American player development has been fantastic in MLS as of late. Too, so. Honestly, bro, a ton. Not to like big teams, obviously, and stuff, but like just a ton of guys to small level teams all across Europe. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a great development league, and and if you know MLS keeps taking these steps and and getting these young hungry players. Look, another player in MLS that we haven't really even talked about, Cujo Hernandez, just you know yeah. brought in from Watford, who was relegated to the Championship last season didn't was a bit part player for Watford and comes to the MLS and is able to kind of jumpstart his career. He started off hot with like two goals and two assists or something like that. Like that, that's the type of player that I think MLS clubs need to start getting more of these players who may be out of favor in top leagues. Can't quite crack it right now at the top level leagues and maybe need another shot to jumpstart their career. I think that's, that's a phenomenal spot for a lot of these guys to land at MLS. And, and I, I really, I really, I don't know. I can't speak highly enough of this Nico Giacchini move guys like Matthew Hoppy. I would love to see him potentially follow in those footsteps. but i mean look that's just that's just you know a a bit of a side tangent but i think as a as a point yes one last thing you mentioned ohio so it got me thinking didn't brandon vasquez score this weekend i'm pretty sure um brandon vasquez did score this weekend in a 1-1 draw yeah so just shout out to him there's some talks and stuff i'm not saying anything i'm not giving my opinion on it right now I'm just giving him credit for the goal and knowing that we see it and that it's impressive that he has this many goals like i said with jordan morris man whether or not I see you as a national team prospect, American scoring in our domestic league is a plus. Yes. It, it, it's a plus. And that's, you know, leave it at that for now. Yeah. Um, because I want to get into the crux of our, of our topic today. Focusing on excitement, Samir. Excitement, anticipation, a little bit of anxiety. But just in general, we've got the club seasons in Europe starting up in probably, I think, a week. Most club seasons start up. Is it this coming weekend or the weekend after? Like August 6th weekend. August 6th weekend, so the weekend after. Mm-hmm. It is just getting that time, man. I'm getting itchy. I'm getting getting anxious. I'm ready to see our, our Yanks back in action. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Game starts soon. And uh, it's crazy to think about. I'd be fine if Chelsea wanted to push the season like a week further. Like, just push it a little bit. I'm fine with that. Um, but for the Americans and everything else, you know, excited to see what the season has it starts so soon literally 10 days nine days we're back in it Dortmund plays DFP Polkum on like July 20th July 30th or something like that so let's go I'm excited and especially with preseason right now too I mean we've been you know doing a bunch of preseason coverage we haven't really talked I feel like on this podcast about you know how how our Yanks have been doing in preseason um but guys have been relatively successful I mean you know take preseason games with with a grain of salt, both from a club level and a, and a, and a national team level. I got, you got to kind of take these preseason games for what they are, but it's nice to see our guys getting minutes, getting the, that trust by their manager to at least try them out and, and relatively taking those opportunities by storm. And, and there's been a lot of good highlights, a lot of good goals that people have scored. Americans, it feels like are on the board every day, almost that there's a preseason friendly. It feels like an American is scoring. And, and I love that. Yeah, with the game, I feel like games are all over the place right now because of the fact that everyone's on preseason. So someone's playing, 
at 2 p.m. in Australia and another player is playing on a Wednesday night in Charlotte and it's just like, you know, all over the place, um, which is awesome to see. I feel like every day there's something. There are some interesting storylines when it comes to this preseason. You know, it is, uh, like you said, you have the players who are playing really well. You have a lot of players who have reported to camp and that itself is interesting, but like what's going to come from that? Um, new moves, you know, players moving to totally new clubs and what's up with them. Um, there's still question marks, obviously. I will, you know, some some players that are, uh, you know, not fully back or whatnot. And I just think there's a lot of interesting storylines with this preseason, preseason so far. Give me, give me a couple of years because I've got a couple of just storylines <laughs> to follow before we, we maybe talk about some exciting players and guys we're excited to watch for this next season. But in terms of what's been happening in preseason, um, yeah, what do, what do you got for, for your favorite storylines before I get, dive in mine? Or do you want me to go first? It's up to you. Uh, no, I'll start off with a few of my storylines. Um, you know, one person I'm, I've loved seeing, I'll start with this, and I just want to start with it, is Otisawi. And we've talked about him, but it is really interesting. And one of the storylines about him is just like, you know, he might be back. It might be what we claim as he's back from modeling in the spring to playing in the Belgian Cup final. And we talked about it a little bit, I believe, but just – Excited to see where this goes with him. I think he played again in their sec- in, a, in a friendly after or in a match after. So really interesting to see that. But, um, you know, we've seen now the Leeds two, both the Leeds guys, Tyler Adams and um, Brendan Aronson, start playing with, with Leeds. And that, that starts real soon in 10 days. So two guys on the same team. I think the Premier League is going to be such a fun watch this season. You know, and hopefully Richards moves too. Um, and Jedi's there. There's... And there's been a ton of guys on the score sheet. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Before I dive into the score sheet and who's actually been playing, what do you have in terms of storylines? No, I was gonna, I'm glad you mentioned the, the Leeds guys because I was really going to mention them, you know, as we'll, we'll get into them a little bit later, I think, in terms of guys we're excited to see. But the Leeds fans, from what I've seen on Twitter and, and seen in comps and things like that, Leeds fans seem to be taking these guys by storm. And, and they really seem to like what they've seen from, from a lot of these players. And, and that honestly is, is something in and of itself. I mean, mostly maybe, and maybe it's my like averse relationship to Chelsea fans as a majority or their relationship to Christian Pulisic, but I don't know, to see them warm and receptive to Brandon and Tyler is, is awesome for me. And that's been a great storyline. Uh, the other one for me has been Richie Ledesma. Ledesma has been on the score sheet a couple times, has really, really looked the part. Now, the interesting part of the storyline here for me is does Richie get a transfer? It would be a loan, likely, from PSV, if, if anything. Does he have that regular playing time in him this season? Is he valued? Is he going to get more than if he stays at PSV? What do his minutes look like? Is he going to crack 1,500 minutes? Probably not. That's, that, to me, is a very interesting storyline. Um, so I, I'd say those are my, my two main ones right now, but without getting too far into just me saying like, Oh, I'm psyched to see this guy play. I'm psyched to see this, this guy play. We can also throw in the Chris Richards storyline there. The fact that crystal palace have gone out of the way to get him. The fact that they haven't announced him yet though, but also the fact that Patrick Vera seems to really want to play a back three crystal palace in their preseason games have played with the back three, which just makes the crystal palace signing of Chris Richards so much better. And it makes more sense. Not that it didn't make sense to begin with, but, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I got for you. And that was a long tangent, rambly tangent, but that's why we call it over the oh, bar, really. That's, that, that's what this preseason is. And I feel like, you know, I can go on one right now. Um, I, I want to say a few players and stop me if any of these players 
um, you really want to dive a little bit more into or have something to say. But James Sands and Malik Tillman with Rangers. Obviously, we've seen Tillman now debut with them. Uh, interesting loan moves. So now we get to see him potentially playing there. And James Sands maybe gaining more of a role with Rangers and, you know, start getting that starting job every game in and game out and getting there in January of last year. Um, a really interesting player, Jonathan Gomez, playing for um, Sociedad. What kind of minutes is he going to get this year? You know, he's, he's with the first team in preseason right now, played a match already for them. Um, looked like, look, you know, looked half decent in some of their attacking plays and just his ability on the left wing. He's playing pretty high up at times. Um, anything to say about him? I just think with Jonathan Gomez, it'll be a really, really fascinating fall, summer into fall, if he starts getting not even regular playing time with Sociedad, but if he starts making regular benches, if he starts making one to two appearances, I think if within the first five games of the season, if Jonathan Gomez is approaching 200 minutes, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about get him in September, get him in September. Um, I'm, I mean, like I'm, I'm not necessarily totally off bellow or whatnot, but you know, like there's still his question marks there and you know, he could easily uh, take that role. Yeah. No, I, I just think, I think, you know, this was always going to be the year for Jonathan Gomez to take a step up. Realistically, he was, he was only going to ever play at the level that he was at last year. I mean, Real Sociedad is a team that is challenging for top four in Spain pretty much year in, year out. Um, and he was going there as an 18 year old from, you know, USL is a fantastic league. It, it, the USL pipeline is, is really, really grown over the past three seasons, but you know, him going there as an 18 year old from a relatively unproven league. I think this was always going to be the stepping stone for Jonathan Gomez, but look, he's clearly forced him, forced himself into the conversation. If he can continue to do that. And like I said, approaching 200 minutes within the first five games, I think there's a real conversation to be had both, you know, from, from perspectives like ours and, and, you know, fan perspectives, but also from an internal USSF perspective where, all right, are we going to pursue this kid? And if that's the case, then, and, and I can't see Mexico not having those conversations either. If that's, if that's what it is, then Jonathan Gomez is, is rapidly going to have to have a decision to make. And, and I don't envy him at all for it really, but. I agree. I agree. And sticking on the defensive kind of end of things, um, you know, a lot of guys are back in camp and just seeing regular stuff. You know, Reggie Cannon's back, EPB's back, um, George Bellow's back. They've all played or been in training, you know, been highlighted, you know, different on different social medias. Not that that means anything. Joe Scally, like we talked about earlier, you know, kind of playing pretty well for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach in, a few, in one of their friendlies. What kind of minutes does he look like? He's also that potential, you know, he's an option there in that right back left. Our, our outside backs are not sold besides Jedi and um, Death. And I think Yedlin stole, solely because of, you know, experience and everything. So I think there's potentially one or two spots open, you know, whether he goes, whether he does his three and one or two and two. Um, so Joe Scalia is, is, is a shout there. Um, but sticking to the defenders and, you know, just like going back a little bit to goalkeepers talk about our keepers in preseason you got matt turner playing a little bit for arsenal 
you know, but obviously not going to start the season as, as the starter. What happens with him? You have Zach Steffen, you know, now with Middlesbrough officially good to go. Um, and then you have Horvath with Luton Town, who's also playing. So we have two guys now who've moved, what we always talked about, two guys moving, potentially playing, and one guy going to the bench. This is exactly, you know, we talked about it. We didn't know it was official and everything, and now it's here. Everything's set in stone. This is what it's probably going to be like coming World Cup. So, yeah. the goal situation. Anything to say about our defense? I just kind of went on a ramble about. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I mean, I think the one question, there's one question in defense that, that you know, remains unanswered still. And, and we'll get to that in a second, but I, I do just want to touch on the goalkeeper situation for a second because I don't know if you saw, they both, they both played really well in their last respective friendlies. Um, Zach Steffen made a great double save. Ah, it's killing me against Marseille. They played Marseille. Um, Zach Steffen made a great double save at one point. And, Where was Con- uh, Conrad, I think, was not playing, which that is also a storyline of potentially a guy that there's, there's some concern there. Okay. Uh, but... No, Stefan made a great double save at one point, you know, looked generally solid in net, looked good with his feet. Um, and Ethan Horvath, you know, let in a goal, but made a phenomenal save on a 1v1. Not sure. I don't recall who they played at this point. Uh, no, they played West Ham. No, did it? Did it? Uh, uh, Union Berlin score against Ethan Horvath? Didn't Pivok score or assist? Oh, my God. Crazy. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm I'm just I'm remembering the game against the preseason against West Ham, where he, he stopped Antonio point blank. Well, that's a good um, one. On a little bit of a breakaway, yeah. No, it was really 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 nice save um, from him, and and he's looked generally solid all around too. And we know this about Horvath too that he's he's looked solid, um, and that Ethan Horvath was when he played one of the top keepers in the championship last season. So, I mean, look, the championship he's proven that's his level, and, and I think it's going to be really interesting. Zach Steffen's potentially the more interesting storyline, right? to really see what do we have here with the guy who is, I think at this point, de facto our starter, maybe I'm, I'm really not sure. It's still a huge question mark going into the world cup, but Zach Stefan has had more of the starts was the starter until it kind of got taken from him. So we'll see. And, and, you know, we get to really see what kind of keeper Zach Stefan is week in, week out this season for a good Middlesbrough side. And, and that'll be fun to watch. Did you see what Greg Berhalter said about Zach Steffen year one at Man City? Like he said that he clearly saw an improvement in Zach Steffen um, after that first year and throughout that first year. I makes me think like, you know, maybe at a certain point then, then the limited game time was kind of maybe catching up to him, you know, is, is how I'm, is how maybe I'm thinking about that. Um, And so Matt Turner in this situation, you know, coming into November, it won't, have been that long you know he might he because he might play two right or three, right he might play two or three games so interesting to see how this goalkeeper situation goes because matt turner you know could could get a few games and really improve potentially so um well, and zach, I to say too that like i and i agree with greg Bear I, too i mean like zach stefan is a better keeper now than he was at columbus absolutely oh, matt, oh yeah. matt turner will be a better keeper overall you know even if he sits on the bench and even if he basically has the exact same situation as zach stefan over the next two, three seasons, he'll be a better keeper for sure. I think, you know, the issue when you talk about keepers is, is their day in, day out match readiness. It's so keepers make mistakes. And when keepers make mistakes, it, the, the reason that like keeper mistakes are highlighted more is because your mistake leads directly to a goal. So to be able to shake that off, you really need to get right back out there and play again. And so it's tough for a lot of keepers to, if you make a mistake to have to then wait five, six days for your, or five, six games for your next opportunity. 
And, and I think that's what you see happen with Stefan. It, it's, it's a confidence thing. I hope anyway, that it's a confidence thing more than, more than a talent thing. And it's a, it's a game readiness thing. And so that's why it's like, yeah, these guys are going to be better keepers. And yes, Zach Stefan is a better keeper now than he was at Columbus. But the match sharpness is, is to me so important for goalkeepers more than anything else. 100%. 100%. And so, yeah, that's enough on the goalkeepers. Yeah. But it's going to be Let's go back to the center backs, though. The, the one that we didn't talk about was a looming question mark right now. John Anthony Brooks. Taking with the defense, huh? Well, it's, it's important to talk about because John Brooks does not have a team at the very moment. Does it really matter? You know, he's not coming. It matters, Sumer. It matters. He's still our boy. I'm kidding. No, it does matter 100%. Yeah, but it's, you know, sometimes I was, people were talking about how it was a lot of like his salary demands, agent demands, and just wages and whatnot. You know, people are still confident that it'll get done. Um, where? I don't know. But there still has to be a question mark whether, that, whether those statements are made. You're right. And, um, because now you're just giving Greg, you know, more fuel to the fire as to a potential reason not to ever call you up. You need to get into a team. You need to be playing maybe a certain way for him to, you know, to, to really call you up. Um, and you're not doing that, or at least you, you haven't done it yet. So what are you going to do, John Brooks? You need to find a club. Um, I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm just saying, you know, for his potential chances for November, he does really need to find a club. Don't want him to do it too late to the point where it really affects his playing time and whatnot. You know, would have liked to have seen a strong, good move. Maybe even I would have loved to have seen a pre-contract agreement, you know, at the end of last season when you knew you were leaving Wolfsburg. Um, right. Really late, you know. And that's, I think that part is maybe the disappointing part because we knew this was going to happen relatively early on. Uh, I get it from a John Brooks perspective and, for, you know, from an agent perspective that, look, the longer you hold, and, and this is assuming that there are offers, right? And, and I'm going to assume that there are offers, and that there are teams in talks with because John Anthony Brooks is a top center back, one of the top center backs in a top five league in the world, right? He was, you know, he was, he had had the most minutes played of any American in a top five league last year to say that John Brooks isn't, you know, you can have the argument all you want all day based on, you know, tactics and everything like that to say, is John Brooks a USMNT quality player? I'm going to say yes. Others might say no, whatever. It's a futile argument, but the argument to say, if anybody is making the argument that John Brooks is not a top five league quality player in the world, that that's absurd. The numbers tell you otherwise. So yeah, my guess is that there are offers on the table. And from John Brooks's perspective, I get it. You're waiting it out. You're trying to see the best contract, the best situation you can get. But yeah, I, I agree with you that if you want to get yourself in contention, potentially for Qatar, you don't want to give USSF, you don't want to give Greg, you don't want to give his staff any other reason to not call you in. And, and, you know, not participating in a full preseason, taking longer to bet into a new club. I have a feeling that that could be used as ammunition. So it's concerning a little bit. But I, I also have well faith in John Brooks. John Brooks is, is a consummate professional. I have faith that, that this will get done at some point, too. So, yeah, agreed. Um, you know, so I'm just hopeful that it works out for him. You know, I, I love him very much and want him to succeed and want him to be, you know, have a chance in November. So excited to see where that goes. Uh, again, again, I'm just thinking more defenders. Um, I don't know. Do you consider this player a defender? Gredesk? There's been some some good playing moments of, of his, but he's been playing really high up the field. So I just want to know if you consider him a defender, really, before I actually dive in. It'll be fascinating. I mean, look, it'll be weird to see how, how Wolfsburg uses him this year, um, if at all. Because also a left wing back, left back, you know. Right. There's a gap behind Jedi, you know, just thinking as well. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I do. I think he could play as a defender in a lot of systems. Yeah. Does it look like Wolfsburg is going to use him at, like that at this point? Probably not. But, but he's been good. Uh, two goals and two assists in preseason or something like that. I don't know. He had I, he had one game where he had against like a, a fifth division side. Um, you know, oh, yeah. the grand, grand assault. Where he, but still, I mean, look to see him getting on the score sheet is it's, it's great. Yeah. Get the confidence flowing and, and then all that kind of stuff. But. It'll be interesting to see. And, and I think, look, there's – and maybe this is a good segue into guys who we think may have a little bit of a breakout season. Um, I, I think Kevin Pratt is, you know, certainly makes that list. He has the skill set. I know the Wolfsburg staff, from what they've said anyways, and pressers and things like that seem to rate him very highly. And, and you know, John Brooks, while he was there, was a very good mentor for Kevin. Kevin came out and said that himself. So I think if you're talking about guys potentially primed to have a breakout year, Kevin Paredes might be up there. Yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely someone, and you know, and I want to I want to continue off the trend of you know, like you said, for him, someone who I think could have a breakout year. For me, it's so tough, um, and I want to jump to the striker position because there's a few guys there that I really do think could break out this year, um, or would just love to see break out. One being Pepe, you know, now he's back, and I just you know really think about him as someone who could break out, having that rest, you know, back in preseason with Augsburg already scoring once, right? Didn't he score in a game once? I'm pretty sure. Um, just didn't they also sell their striker? Pretty sure they sold, sold a striker as well, opening up space, you know, minutes for him. They got this guy was taking a minute to his, I forget his name. So really could potentially see Pepe get the starting job or, you know, lots of minutes and hopefully want to see something in the Bundesliga because he's someone who's not hundred percent on the plane yet. Could really see something big from him. Oh, I, I completely agree. I um, mean, I think, you know, that goes for, for, all of our all of our strikers in Europe, I think, and and I'm going to say this for for Pepe specifically, but it also applies now that I'm thinking about it to Daryl DK to Josh Sargent. He will get a full preseason with his team with with Augsburg, and and that is something that is so invaluable to players, and it's something we often overlook, right? Pepe came in last season in January. DK came in last season in January, I believe, to West Brom. Josh Sargent came in halfway through last summer's transfer window towards the end of it, didn't get a full preseason. So he got part of a preseason, so Josh Sargent is more – Josh Sargent is a little bit more nuanced. But with DK and Pepe especially, for the first time they're going to get a full preseason under this coaching staff to, to learn the tactics, to adjust more to the playing style that's not just on the fly and in practices. And, and you're not you know fighting for something in the middle of the season. You can start the season off fresh. I just think this is going to be such a good environment for those guys. Pepe especially because because that Augsburg striker spot is, is really up for grabs. I, I think that, you know, there's they sold one of their other strikers, one of their aging strikers. Um, and there's rumors about them bringing in another young guy, I think, from the Croatian League. I could be wrong. Unknowing, yeah. but I would rather see them bring in a an attacking player or a winger or something like that because the main problem for Pepe last year was service. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, Pepe especially, there's a real opportunity there. And, and same thing oh. with DK. DK's got a little more competition. I'd love to hear where your, where your thoughts are on, on Daryl DK, but. I'm very high on Daryl DK. Don't forget Pfock. I also think he's someone who could True. value True. the season like, position with Union Berlin. That's a Bundesliga striker right there. If, you want, if you're going to rate Pepe so much in the Bundesliga, you can't, and then if Pfock's able to do something or do more, you can't not rate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Union Berlin is, is, you know, Union Berlin was a fifth-place team last season in the Bundesliga. They, they overperformed quite a bit, and, and actually a lot of that was based on the defense. But so they can keep that same defense and, you know, add some fire. If PFOC can provide some much-needed firepower up top, then 
look, I, I mean, he could be potentially, if all, everything goes to, to potential plan for Union Berlin, part of a team getting them back into European contention again, and also, you know, taking part in European competitions with them. So I, I, it's a great move. I'm very excited to see. That's more of an excited player, but I guess you can call it a breakout player too. Yeah. I mean, and but I want to go to your point about DK, just, you know, already scoring for them as well. The striker position is just loaded with potential right now in all these leagues and very excited for those players um, and, and what's to come. Where are you looking at in excitement for, and you mentioned Ledesma earlier, but in the center mid range, obviously we know we have our, you know, our guns with Weston McKinney. And I would also say, you know, even with potential excitement, Tyler Adams and stuff, but where are you looking at excitement um, in the center mid area position? You can go six, eights, or tens. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the safe bets in terms of, you know, guys I'm really looking to, I'm excited to see play. I'm excited to see how Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson do at Leeds. Like I said, like I alluded to earlier, I think both of those are two guys who the Leeds fans are going to love, who are going to take some adjusting to the Premier League. But I've seen them in preseason so far. Brendan especially looks comfortable. Brendan looks more comfortable on the ball than I thought he was going to immediately. And Tyler Adams... I mean, just looks like he fits naturally in that t- in that team, and and that was something I was a little yeah. bit worried about. Stuck in there a few times, eh? Head to head he with George. Is. He is getting stuck in you there, know, and I love he it. Knows, he knows about Ghana, USA. He said, "John Brooks, I got you." Gotcha. I love it, bro. I love it, and and I think I think Leeds are just gonna fall in love with these two guys. I, I really do. Um, Tyler's impressed me a lot with his passing range in the couple clips I've seen, um, a couple was- couple games I've seen too, which is really really important into more non-traditional ones and maybe a guy that I'm, I'm seeing is really going to have a breakout season. Two guys to watch, both from the same team. Gianluca Busio and Tanner Tessman. It looks like right now that Gianluca Busio is going to stay with Venezia in Serie B. Mm-hmm. Just signed a contract extension. Hardly heard any rumors outside of USMNT circles, which is not necessarily the most reliable because we all want to, we all want him to move. For the most part, but look, I, I think John Lucabusio is going to be a really fascinating player to watch like next season. Um, this past season posted just under 2,000 minutes played for Venezia, 29 appearances. He was an integral part of that side and was one of their best players as they, you know, as they inevitably got relegated. I think it's it makes sense that he wasn't swooped up. I don't think he was good enough to really get, get poached from another Serie A team, but look. There's no reason to think that he won't play just as an integral part in that team on the way back up to, to, to hopefully to, to Serie A. And I'm really, really excited to watch John Lucabusio play. And Tanner Tessman, too, as he could really blossom into a six in that system. His defensive metrics were just on par with his last season at FC Dallas as well when he got transferred to Venezia. I, I mean, he's just as good of a defender as ever, and he's only getting stronger and smarter. And and I think really Tanner Tessman could be a breakout player this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm very high on both those guys. I think Pusio has more of a chance to you know, maybe do something for November. Uh, Tessman just love him because um, I saw Dabo Sweeney at the January friendly in Orlando in 2021, and Dabo Sweeney was there for Tanner. You know, that's pretty sure that's his godson because you know, he went to Clemson. So that was a cool moment. Got a photo with Dabo Sweeney at Exploria Stadium. But continuing on that trend, I want to say one player who I'm excited for and one player who I want to see break out this year at the sentiment position, you know, that area. Um, one being, as you mentioned, Ledesma. You know, what can he do this year? 
you know, what is his impact? You talked about him earlier, but I just wanted to, to also say how, how excited I am for him. Um, but another being Luca de la Torre, you know, going to La Liga now, st- stepping up from Eredivisie. Um, what is his impact going to be with Celta Vigo? How good can this player get? Is he just somebody who was really good in Eredivisie but might not be able to have the technical ability for La Liga and whatnot? I don't know. You know, people question, like, how good can Luca be? what's going to be tough, like tested here a little bit. Still young, but really excited to see what we could potentially get from him um, in La Liga. I mean, La Liga is interesting in its own, and I also just want to shout out Yunus Musa. Luca Del Torre is who I think could really break out in La Liga, and Yunus Musa, who I'm just so excited for, to see expand his role more this year, it looks like, in preseason at least. I would go so far as to say that Yunus Musa could have a breakout season too. Even more than he's already had. You know, he's already had yeah. – appearances for Valencia which is just crazy to think about so you know yeah but I the reason I say that too is because and here's potentially a storyline from preseason two Gennaro Gattuso has been playing Yunus Musa centrally yeah that's fine not where he played last season for Valencia he played on the right wing a lot and I really 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 like this move from Gattuso to play him centrally. I, I do have questions about Gattuso as a manager, but, you know. He could be a dog in the midfield, bro, just for you. Like Weston, bro. Like, just a dog. Imagine I think he, he's going to learn from Gattuso, bro. Weston can't I do as much, I feel like, as you just where he just, like, glides away from people and just runs and just leaves people in the dust. It's awesome. Imagine <laughs> what he's going to learn from a midfield just maestro. Uh, although, to call it Gattuso a maestro is a bit aggressive, but do you imagine what he's going to learn defensively to complement his already like silky ball skills from Gattuso? Yeah, the La, La Liga is going to be interesting. The, the The movement of Americans and the increase in Americans in these leagues is just making these leagues even more exciting for me mm-hmm. personally. It's just you know, crazy to think about. I'm so much more interested in La Liga. You got Dest, you got Celta Vigo, you got um, yeah, sorry Barca, Celta Vigo, you got Valencia. Um, there's a few other players in that I believe somewhere else there, Matt Niaska with their last year, just so many interesting players in all these leagues makes it even more fun to watch. Um, but yeah, those, those two guys, Musa could have a breakout year too. I'll stay in La Liga for a question for you. How, what is your, what are your thoughts on Serginho Dest this year? I mean, he could, I mean, he could quote unquote have a breakout season. I wouldn't say he has a, he's broke out just yet. Um, Danny Alves is gone now. So like, no more, no more, no more hiding behind that for random stupid games that you shouldn't be. Uh, could he be the Barca right back for this team that actually does something good? You know, because like they're with Le- Lewandowski up top, this team could be good, right? This team could be really, really good and back to what we know, just not messy and what we all thought could happen. Could an American right back be a part of that? So I'm very excited. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think so. I mean, look. I'll pull up. I'm going to pull up some, some death stats for you over this past season because, look, he was a great performer for them this past season. Uh, maybe didn't get the minutes that we had hoped with the inclusion of Danny Alves. And, and I think Xavi really leaning on Danny Alves to help figure out the system a little bit. Xavi has come out and said multiple times that Dest is a project. Dest is, is part of the project. But look, in terms of goal creating, shot creating actions, Dest had arguably his best career season. Um, like average a goal creating action, average just under two point two goal creating actions per ninety, which is pretty good for an outside back, obviously, um, of desk caliber, which isn't necessarily the the whip balls in, but is more of that backboard. Is a technical player is going to drift into midfield and everything like that. Um, you know, three goal creating actions last year. 
2.32 shot creating actions per 90, which is over, I think, let me look at this real quick. Yeah, over half a shot creating action better than his best season. So, like, look, I, I think Des could be a very important player for Barcelona this, this next season. And, and to think that he's still, at this point, I think only 21 is scary. And, 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 and you know, I really just, I, I think Sergino Des, we noticed for the U.S. how much we missed him when he's not on the side. And, and I think he's going to be an important player both for the U.S. this coming year and, and for Barcelona as well. I'm really excited for that. He'll always be an important player for the U.S. Um, it's just going to be a question of, like, how, how, how good is his club career going to be? You know, he's at Barcelona right now, but there's always the chance that we talk about this two, three years from now, and he's just been, like, phased out and never actually found, like, that footing that we always wanted him to and leaves Barca, goes somewhere else, and probably succeeds somewhere else, just maybe not Barca. Or we could talk about two, three years from now that this guy starts every single game, this guy's their best right back, and Barca's back. So I'm just, like you talked about, just – what level is it? Can he can he be for Barcelona? Because we know what he provides to the U.S. Just want to see how how successful his club career is. Um, yeah. Anyone else in the La Liga? Not in La Liga that I'm really thinking about. That that's super coming to mind. I mean, obviously Jonathan Gomez is is going to be interesting to watch, yeah. like we talked about. But um, yeah. But yeah. No. All right. So I'll, I'll ask you then. Any other players that you think are potentially primed for a breakout? in Europe, meaning like, you know, guys who didn't really do much last season, but could really just flame onto the scene this season. Um, one being, you know, well, let's see what Sargent does. We forgot to mention him in the striker pool, but like, you know, we all talked about how him going down to Norwich playing preseason games and then getting into it was going to be amazing. So, you know, how, how good is it going to be for him? Um, it's just an interesting one. Sorry. I'll, I'll jump in real quick. On this yeah, go ahead. Just cause I want to say that, that like, I think, being on a team that gets him more service or not being on a team, being in a league where the team that he's on is going to get him more service in Norwich. Cause there's no reason to think that Norwich are not going to dominate the championship. Like they have been. Yeah. Where they're down there. So being on that team is going to be phenomenal for him. Josh Sargent is, has statistically, especially for the past two seasons, been a very good player on a bad team. He was the joint top goal scorer his last season at Werder Bremen or no, sorry. He was not, not the joint second top goal scorer. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And the joint top goal creator between goals and assists at Werder Bremen, his last season. And yeah. then this past season at Norwich, he was the second top goal scorer and the out and out top goal contributor. Yeah. So like, he's a good player for the teams that he's on. And, and he's clearly very valued. And so to, to just to think that he's going to be getting into more positions to provide and score goals this next season is, is really, really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, where, how, how, how good is he going to be for Norwich in the, in the championship? We've got a few championship players there. We've just got a bunch of strikers, all question marks. Going up to the Prem, I would love to hear your thoughts. You know, it's not too important. He'll be with the team no matter what. But, like, how are you, talk, how are you feeling about Christian Pulisic? You know, obviously – you're the more non-biased fan potentially. Hmm. How about Christian Pulisic and Chelsea? It'll be interesting, man. I, I don't, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this too. I don't hate him being at Chelsea right now. I, I really don't. Um, the issue just at this point being that Chelsea have a surplus of wingers. Uh, you'd know more than I am. Yeah. You, you more know than I would if, if you know, Ziyech, is potentially going to leave. I know those have been the rumors that Ziyech is on his way out the door. 
Um, he yes. seems to be the least wanted of the wings by Tuchel. But... And Werner as well. And Werner, yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I, I, there's not going to be any shortage of playing time for Pulisic. I've also heard a lot of rumors that Chelsea are going to potentially revert to a back four this season, which from a non-biased standpoint, I think is great for them. I, I don't think – here's a side tangent on my tactical knowledge, Sumer. I don't think you can win the Premier League with a back three. I think you have to use a back four to win the Premier League. But that's just a, a whole conversation for a different day that we can have. But So, look, all that is to say that, that there's opportunities for Christian Pulisic to get into the side. And, and we know that at a top-level side like Chelsea, he's going to have to fight day in, day out. I mean, that's what it takes to, to play at a top-level club. You don't get gifted opportunities. You don't get gifted minutes. So he started preseason well. If he plays, if he's valued by Tuchel, as Tuchel seems to, to say in, in pressers, then there's no reason to think that he won't have another good season, especially if he can stay healthy. Yeah, please stay healthy. Um, I will say there has been a Premier League team that's won with a back three, though. So just we'll say that. Um, I think in the modern in the modern game right now in the Pep Klopp era, I don't think you can. It's going to be Pep Klopp Tuchel soon, right? So calm down. Um, staying in the prem though, you see Fulham, the back baby. All right, you got Jedi back there just whipping out some crazy, crazy magic tricks. You saw that, bro? I did. I, was, I did see that. Fulham are back, which means Tim Bream is back on the bench. Oh. It's so weird what they do. A cool photo of uh, I'll just say cool because you know, I don't know how I want to describe it, but uh, of Tim Ream running on the beach. It was the entire Fulham team, but Tim Ream was in the front right and was looking specifically good. As all I love of Tim Ream, bro. Not necessarily as a U.S. like MNT player, but I love Tim Ream just as a dude. It was like a Baywatch photo. Tim, Tim Ream is just a vibe. Running shirtless on the beach in probably like Mallorca, Spain, at sunset. And, you know, it's just a nice photo they posted. Of, 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 and Jedi was right in the front, too. Tim Ream is a vibe, bro. I'm just saying Fulham, you know. Jedi now, I'm excited to see what this what this is. I mean, he's our left back, but, you know, the Prem is just going to be even more fun, like with a player like him. And I'm sure Tim Ream's going to get some games. Well, actually, why should I say that? I mean, he's just there for when they go down. But, like, he's going to get games. So I'm saying. We're going to watch a game on a Saturday and be like, Tim Ream's playing against Manchester United. That, you know, that will happen. I'm here for it, man. I am so here to watch Tim Green pocket Marcus Rashford. So here for it. Um, but yeah, no, Fulham are going to be a fascinating team to watch. Look, I mean, the question mark for Fulham is, is are they going to stay up? Um, and that's morally based on precedent more than anything. You know, the fact that they've been this yo-yo team. I think, look, Fulham are, are potentially more fascinating this season because they've spent, at least in my book, they've spent more smartly. That's not the way that is said, is it? They've spent smarter. Clearly, I'm not more smartly. Um, no, they're actually smart. More smartish. No, they've spent smarter um, in the yeah. transfer market on, on players this season. I think the grabbing of Nico Williams from Liverpool is, is great for them. Um, oh, wait, no, he didn't go there. Never mind. He went to Nottingham. Well, but either way, they, they've spent smarter in the players that they've got and not dropped uh, 100,000 pounds. 100 million pounds on, on random players like they did last time. So, yeah, Jedi is going to be a part of that. And I would love to see him get five assists. Yeah, I really want to see Jedi perform well. You know, can Fulham stay up? Can he be a part of the team that carries this team up? Um, they have like so many players on loan 
I felt like they came up last time. Remember they had like Ariola, they had like Oleina. Um, I felt like they had like four or five players in the starting line who were just on loan. And it's not that can't you know it doesn't hurt, but like it just seems like weird that that's the case. Whereas I feel like now they've they've purchased players and they haven't been outrageous prices either. So yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of anybody else potentially excited to watch. I mean, I don't know what kind of impact, talk about PSV, I don't know what kind of impact Dante Sealy is going to have at all, if anything. You know, what kind of, does, does he play at all? Um, Cole Bassett in the Eredivisie, you know, is an interesting player, really, really potentially getting some more minutes for Feyenoord. Didn't he wear it? I must be tripping. He did not wear the captain's armband, did he? I'm tripping, right? I don't think so. But speaking of a player who did wear something important, um, Taylor Booth was, oh, is going to wear the number 10, confirmed yeah. for FC Utrecht next season. Could be a little fun. Could be a little fun player to watch. Uh, not for 2022. Where's the? Air- what, what what's the what streaming platform is the Air Divisie on? That's that's ESPN Plus, right? Pretty sure. I have no no. Wait, maybe. Uh, it is, bro. It is. I think I'll it is. On- yeah. SU Utrecht. I'll be watching Feyenoord. I'll be watching PSV and Young PSV too. Oof. Oof. And don't forget, where's where's uh where's that guy like uh, Kick Pierre? Okay, Pierre. That's um. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, that'll be on there too, dude. ESPN Plus it's, it's kind of popping off. We're we're losing MLS next season, but it's still going to be quite a bit to watch from a US and MLP perspective. So, um, are you are an ESPN Plus uh Plus fanboy? You said we're like you're. Ah, uh, no, I, I, I'll still also keep it. Again, the lack of MLS is going to be a bit. Eh. Not yeah. gonna buy Apple. Not gonna buy Apple, but become a season ticket member of an MLS team, you get Apple Apple um, streaming for all MLS games free. Do you really? Yes. Is that for all clubs? Every club. Every account will get one login. Um, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. It's not 100, 100, 100, 100%, but that's how we're, we're selling 23 tickets, and um, you know, that's how we're describing it. That's pretty yeah. cool. I like that. I like that. Um, enough, enough free advertising for Apple, though, <laughs> and, for, and for MLS. I don't get paid enough for that. Um, one guy that I actually think is an interesting shot to mention as we're wrapping up here, more of a, more of a couple, we're getting to a couple of little spooky players, potentially. Um, John Tompkinson, Norwich center back, has oh, been yeah. getting some shouts in preseason for Norwich this season. It's yeah, an aging back line in Norwich. Do you think he's going to get any playing time? I don't know. He's playing these preseason games for probably just till these guys come back. Um, or I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what their center back position really looks like. Grant um, Hanley, bro. Yeah, bro. He he was a player who like played week in and week out for Norwich too last year. So, and I don't know why he never played a game with him last year. I don't know why you don't just give the guy his debut when you're already crap in the bed. I don't understand it. Like, just give him the debut, especially yeah. after they were relegated been relegated for six, six weeks now yeah what lose the ego i'm just kidding whatever but i really really like to see that and now he's down there with in championships so this should be perfect time put him in let's see what he can do i don't know if it'll be straight away but interesting player to look at for sure with norwich yeah, for sure alex mendez and alejandro alvarado jr also two to watch from vizela in portugal not yeah. necessarily of the spooky variety but both got minutes last year for Vizela, uh, Mendez more so than, than Alvarado, obviously. 
But Alvarado just really, really shown out in the U.S. in the U20s. Could play a huge part for – not a huge part, but could certainly play a more impactful part for them next season as they did stay up in the top division of Portugal. And Alex Mendes, too. I think his game has grown a lot and, and could really be pushing as an outside chance for 2022 if he balls out and potentially gets an invite to a camp. Not saying yeah. it's guaranteed, but I think he's, he's a player who is on the radar. I don't know how big Greg's radar is right now. I think Greg would be foolish to have his radar – anything other than wide open for most positions at the moment, but. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. There's a few guys in Belgium, you know, that we didn't talk about uh, with Mark McKenzie, Brian Reynolds, um, and then also Kyle Duncan and Griffin Yao. But, you know, Mark McKenzie is not like totally far off, you know, depending no. on the result. He's been back with gank. He didn't play though. I don't believe, right. He didn't play in the Belgian. So in one of their most recent matches, it might've been the Belgian super cup final against. I don't uh, believe he played that yet. Bruce. So, but I also don't know if he was with the squad at that point. Okay. Well, I know he's back with the team. I'll say that he's yeah. back with the team, and you know, excited to see what that holds. But and it hasn't been the best for him. You know, is is just there's just been so so many ups and downs, and not all due to him, and not all due to you know things that he could have done and helped with. But here's a preseason here. Here's a new season. What can you do here? Because Gank exactly. is a great starting point for some players. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Anybody else here you're really excited to see? I think we've touched on most of our guys, but uh, if there's anybody else you can you want to bring up, go for it now, or, or else we can we got to wrap it up here. I yeah, I think that um, I just I will say it's just it's gonna there's so much to talk about. I, I could keep going probably if I if I gave myself <laughs> I think, um, but there's just so many interesting points about what the season's gonna hold. We're like nine ten days away. I'm so excited to see hopefully Reina fit and healthy. I'm so excited to see. Uh, Richards, hopefully, with, with his new team, he's not someone we can talk about too much besides speculation. Um, there is still conversations about Conrad. You know, what is happening there? We'd love to see him back with Marseille playing well. So, you know, those are – we were able to talk about so much and still didn't mention some of these guys. Right, um, right. And you know, just excited to see the, this entire season. I, yeah. I always – the scuffed playbill, you know, they put, that, they put that photo out of just everyone playing. It's just like they're eventually not going to be able to – do it on one tweet which i love and we're getting to that point and and it's just to see to see the game continuously growing is is phenomenal and to see these guys really getting hopefully more in action with their clubs is, is really all you can ask um i think when you look at it last year was when you look at it objectively last year was a, a bit of a disappointing season for what it could have been for us guys in europe um you know in terms of everyday stat sheets and things like that everyday playing time uh, you know, what, whatever that was due to injuries and, and, you know, a lot of that was, was down to that, but I think this is, this is a season with all of our guys, all of our core, a year closer to their prime, a year more aged, a year more mature. I really think that this could be a season for us guys to really ball out. And, and, you know, that combined with the world cup could really be a season to put us soccer on a global, on a global stage. So let's hope for that. And, and, and it was ended on that, uh, on that super positive note, because I think that's where we're at right now. So um, thank you all so much again for joining us on another episode of Over the Bar. We will hopefully be back next week with another episode. Um, this one obviously coming out a day later than usual, but we should be back on a normal schedule in no time. Probably. We don't know. We're making this up as we go along. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much for supporting us, for, for coming out and listening to us. Joy, having you here. Don't forget to rate us on Apple Music. Spotify, wherever you're listening, and follow us on Twitter. Sumer, anything else? Any closing remarks? No, boys. Keep on watching. There's Weston McKinney on tonight.
or last night when you're listening to this, but watch preseason. Watch preseason, watch MLS. Go be passionate about soccer. See y'all. Bye.